afternoon and good evening wherever and whenever you're listening to this my name is andreas with grace healing and i have with me larry hey larry how are you doing today fantastic wonderful good the time of this recording is 31st of december so we are about to move into a new year yes. and i thought what what we what came up in me is that we chat a little bit about what influence the past has on our future and, and should we you know, build on what we have experienced in the past. And 2020, as we mentioned before, really brought us a lot of surprises and unexpected things that we had uh, to deal with. And one thing that sticks to me is that darn mask that we're wearing, right? <laughs> I, yes. I cannot say it differently, but I think there's a symbolism in that that I'd like to share what, what I'm thinking about it. Yes, please go and ahead. I read, I read about it uh, in, in different places and people talking about it. We look at the mask as a tool to protect others from yeah. our potential illness that we could uh, spread. But I think there's a symbolism in the mask as well. If you think about it, we're putting a mask about our face and we become faceless to a degree. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, when we deal with other people in relationships, we have to look in their eyes, yeah. look more in their eyes than anywhere else. We can't necessarily detect the mood of the person like we would when somebody smiles. Yes. Maybe the mask is also a reminder for us to think before we talk, maybe listen more, You know, lose, use the mouth a little bit less uh, than we are used to do. Um, and, and as I said, just learn how to relate to each other differently. So, you know, that's a good thing that came out of 2020, in my opinion. You know, the perspective really is everything. We can't control certain things, but we can mm -hmm. control how we feel about it. Yes. What, what are you, you know, maybe starting off the discussion, Larry, what are your thoughts about 2020 and what we can bring into 2021? I would have to say that one of the things that's been kind of stirring over the past, especially the past like week or so, everybody got out of the Christmas rush or the Christmas stress of what was their Christmas going to be like without family and all this stuff. And then this transition from the Christmas celebration day to approaching New Year's Day I'm just astounded at how people are so hateful of 2020. Let's give it the F, you know, and they're all like doing this gesture towards cast it off. And I'm like sitting there going, wait a minute, if, if, if I'm to be honest about what really transpired in 2020 was it was an amazing opportunity. Yeah, there's a lot of nasty stuff that's occurring on our periphery and sometimes directly onto us. But like you're saying, it's, it's how we're choosing to respond to this that determines the measurable result. 
So we're either becoming consumed by the willingness to cast this off like it's a bad egg instead of looking into it to recognize what really was the glory that manifested here. How was it that we were increased in sensitivity towards one another? How was it that we were revealed to the nature of manipulations and deceptions that the spiritual process is willing to manifest through people in order to gain hold or to manipulate or deceive? I saw an interesting image of, you know, the, they said the COVID team measuring the snowfall and they have this tape measure and it shows it at 52 inches and then they back up and it's actually only two inches and it's sitting on top of a fence and it's all clear below it. So even the information that we've been given is not entirely accurate. So what we're seeing in my personal view is not a year to cast off an anger, frustration or hostility, but a year to look upon to realize how did it refine my ability to look into the things that I were being presented to me without intellect. How did it refine my ability to seek more deeply in prayer to find peace in situations that I didn't used to find peace in? How did it refine my ability to connect and reach with people that I can't be with, but I find ways to be with them even though I physically can't be with them? And I believe that if, if people would honestly look at 2020, yes, there was loss of life. As you know, I lost my dad during 2020. It was not COVID related, but they would like to make it that. So to me, I'm looking at 2020 as a blessed and holy opportunity to be refined. I think you said it, <clears throat> to be refined in how we respond. And what I'm witnessing, especially in this past week, because it, it like intensified the minute Christmas rush got out of the way and the Christmas demands were like whew, behind us many people immediately turned in hatred toward their experience for 2020. And to me, that's the same hatred that was directed towards our president, toward our political servants and those that name themselves leaders who are actually supposed to be servants instead of leaders. And the hatred that was manifesting in that all of a sudden they're seeing that they don't want to translate the same views upon their choice and the hatred has to go somewhere. So now I'm going to just plain hate 2020, but people don't understand the spiritual root that if hatred is present, hatred is present. If it's not being masked, I mean, manifested toward one direction, it will manifest toward another. And what we teach within grace healing is the spiritual release process of truly setting free, sitting down before the presence of God and saying, you know, I have discovered hatred within me over this past three years, four years, whatever. And I've discovered this hatred to be known within me. I've actually spoken the words, I hate when this, or I hate that person, or I hate. When we can do that, we are evidencing the spiritual nature of that which is governing our actions. Now we are no longer responsible or, or not responsible. We are no longer capable of governing our response. We are moving as automatons through the spirit of hatred. So within the spiritual release process, we recommend that people spend the time to release that of a spirit nature over a demonic nature, and then welcome God's presence within that place and allow yourself the meditative opportunity to honestly 
translate yourself to become that which is God in observation of your experience of the past and how you will move forward into the future. It's in the human nature that we always seek the good and differentiate the good from the bad. Yes. Is there such a thing as bad? I heard once most things have, uh, you know, both good and bad at the same time. I mean, what you're saying, what we basically we, re we should release the bad. And I'm yes. saying we should release that so it exists. It's there. Well, if, if we take great care to understand that God says there is a time for all, I mean, a time and a season for all things. Um, so if we're looking upon something as bad, we've already defined it in such a manner that does not define the omnipresence, omnipotence of God. For God knew this was transpiring. He knew that this season of unfolding, this, this new season of revelatory awareness of how we've been lied to, manipulated, and deceived, all these things that are coming to be known, there was a time and a season for all these things. Because people forget that this is not just about the human walk. This is about what's happening beyond our physical sight, what's happening in the spiritual realm. And our journey upon the earth is not just to become Andreas, Larry, Mary, Susan, Donald, David, Richard, and live out this existence. It is truly about setting the captives free that Yeshua defined when he said to go forth and set the captives free. He wasn't talking about running down to the local prison commune. <laughs> He was talking about things of a spiritual nature, and they didn't even, the disciples didn't even understand the things of the earth. And what he was describing was the importance of us setting out upon our journey and choosing the nature of God, living the, de the demonstrative awareness of what Yeshua gave us in a life of love, clarity, wisdom, empowerment, and moving forth in grace. So if we see something that most of humanity would describe as bad, Okay, <clears throat> I'm witnessing a lot of people describing 2020 as bad. Mm -hmm. So like you're saying, I'm going to choose that God moment. The minute I see somebody speaking of how bad it was, um, okay, I choose God in this moment to observe this person's words. I see they're, they're rising in great fear. They're rising in hatefulness. They're rising in unforgiveness for the nature of how they were deceived. And I pray release of these things that they themselves witness in me. And I sit there searching the presence of God within me in order that I might discover the God's presence within them. And I cannot do that as long as like if I'm if I'm seeing them riled up in hatred and anger and hostility and I jump right in with them. I'm of no value in the spiritual process. I've now become the nature of the spiritual captives governing this person. And now I will translate and become the nature of that response as well, instead of the God loving clarity and wisdom to look through those things, release the spirit of hatred, the spirit of anger, the spirit of manipulation, look to it and see what is my role in this moment now? What am I to be in the presence of God to reveal that which is God not the thing that was supposed to transpire in this time and season. My role is to release all the things that, like you say, would be described as bad, recognizing ingratitude. Yadre, thank you that you reveal these things, that I am positioned now to relinquish them into the fullness of your love. And then we are able to witness the divine 
direction for the change or the transition or the transmutation of something. And we don't become trapped or imprisoned by the nature of what was bad happening to the people. In many ways, the facts that we encounter are based on beliefs, but right? yes. we filter it by beliefs. And if we can find a way to find the beliefs that are empowering instead of hampering, and I think you mentioned that in one of your videos before, exactly. that's the key so that we can embrace God uh, together. Well, if I can be transparent and personal on my dad's passing on uh, December 19th, right before Christmas, my mom's birthday, which was fascinating in the way everything unfolded. There were people that were reaching out to me that really wanted me to join them and how bad it was by their view. And I was like, no, it wasn't bad to me. Here's this beautiful man that I was gifted to know as the earthly vessel my dad, I mean, my God used to evidence me upon the planet, witness the many things that he walked through in his life, see the legacy that he left by, behind in his immediate blood of 50 children, you know, the 12 children, the 21 grandchildren and the 17 great grandchildren, you know, I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me to witness what has transpired. And then you add in all the spouses and all the different things throughout that experience. And you look at the legacy that is there. I'm celebratory. I'm in awe of the 90 plus years that he had and the beautifully experienced a love walk that he had with my mom, that the two of them were just hysterical together and lovingly and moving in ways that were just eye-opening on a daily basis as we became elder. When we were younger, it was chaotic. So I can either get caught up in the trap of looking at the chaos of when we were young in a household of 12 screaming kids running around, or I could look at the measure of what we've become as adults and what witness what my dad did. And even beyond some of the choices that he personally made within his life to look upon what God manifested through this man and this woman both born into new life, both returned into the presence of divinity without veil. There's no veil between them and the recognition of God's presence. And I choose not to hold them prisoner to the form they held as human and release them so that they become the full expression of that which is God within them in their journey as we move forward. I'm not going to hold them prisoner here. So when somebody's actually offended by the fact that I was not, you know, wrapped up in days of tears, I had to stop and look at that and say, okay, what is this stirring within me? Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't discover any, anything off with him because I was able to look at it and go, wow, they were actually, these were people that were friends. They were actually offended by the fact that I didn't receive their apologetic nature from my dad's loss. And I'm like, but that was my dad's gain. So they, I had to be real careful not to respond in such a way that offended them. And that and seems to be, be, yeah, that seems to be, that, that seems to be the norm, you know, that we, uh, societal norm that we feel we need to, you know, express that sorrow to somebody who lost someone, you know, yeah. or somebody well, because died. we're not prayerful. That's it. But also we're I not think prayerful. we're not searching the presence of God to really understand, okay, what would God want me to say here? 
Okay. Not would I bring my unresolved grief from a past experience of my own to their transition? Am I bringing forward a spiritual captive that I've held within my life because I didn't have a chance to resolve with my dad? So now I see somebody else has lost their dad. So I'm going to bring forward that spirit of grief that is unresolved in me. And I'm going to make sure they join me in that spirit of grief. Yeah, exactly. The person isn't thinking this. But that's what's transpiring. The spirit of grief that is present within that individual is a desire to manifest and hold form. It has an awareness of its presence as grief. Mm -hmm. So if it can get others to join it in the nature of that grief, that way the fragmented form of the spiritual nature can take hold and coalesce as a demonic form over a group of people. In the fragmentation of many spirits of grief, there can form the demonic overlord of grief on that body of people. Mm -hmm. So this is where people aren't being vigilant. And yeah. we're going into the deeper part now. I don't want to go too deep into this, but this, this is what people are missing in the nature of how the spiritual order works within itself and how the spiritual realm influences the earthly realm is when you are willing to take forth within you, not godly nature, but the spiritual experiences of the past of suffrage, loss, grief, sorrow, hatred, anger, abuse, sickness, disease, when you bring these forward, wanting people to join you in this recognition, then you are perpetuating that recognition. You are no longer God within the response. So again, as we come back to what we at Grace Healing are called to do is to help people. And again, no matter what their religious belief is, it doesn't matter what your religious belief is. If you understand the nature of what we share here, it applies in every single religious practice upon the planet, which was so fascinating to me about the book of Covenant and Love. As I met with priests, ministers, um, and, and Buddhists and my Kung Fu master and different teachers that looked at this thing, they were like, they couldn't tear it apart from their doctrinal process. It only supported their doctrinal process or their catechetic review or whatever. It, there was no way to undo it in them if they honestly, truthfully observed it based upon how God would manifest through creation. So we in Grace Healing are hopeful that people would recognize that if there is anger rising within you, be thankful that God reveals it in you. Now release it. Don't perpetuate it by embracing or engaging within it. And that means living in the present. And, you know, from what you just said, I copy and pasted something out of Facebook that somebody posted, which brings us back from the depth of this discussion yeah. to you know, what we could do every day. And really what it done, comes down to is paying attention to the little things often. So this person posted, start being more appreciative. Learn to focus on the things happening in your life that you may be taking for granted. Because if you don't pay attention to it, then when somebody dies, right, uh, yeah. you regret. Appreciate the friends you have, the family you have, the material items you have, the food you have, and anything else that you have. Appreciate everything. Be thankful and really mean it. Take a moment right now to start appreciating the things around you. There are tons of things around you at all times that you can be thankful for. Make this a constant habit and you will feel great realizing all there is to be thankful for. 
So I think, you know, developing a habit of being appreciative and present in any moment, be it what we describe good or bad, will help yeah. in that process. Well, well, even what you're saying right there, you, know, you described a lot of things to be appreciative of in the form of physical gifts, blessings, recognition, great things, changes moving forward. But there is an appreciative nature that needs to rise to the nature of things revealed that are not good. And it's not to become wrapped up in what is not good. It's to offer thanksgiving and be appreciative that it was evidenced for you. The mere fact that you can see it as a wrongful behavior, like you find yourself in a, in a fitful rage. Oh my God. And you catch yourself within the rage. That's the moment of gratitude and appreciation. <gasps> Whoa. I see that there is rage within me. God, I thank you. Thank you that you reveal this. I release this unto you and I embrace holy clarity as I look back into the situation. Or instead of like walking into a store, you said it earlier with the mask. It's heightened people's ability to look into people's eyes to discover what was the emotion. So they have to be more attentive. So there's an appreciation within that experience. I Years ago, this experience happened to me. I was at an airport and God just moved me and I ended up sitting down and this woman came over and she was covered in one of the full, you know, the um, hijabs or the burqas, but it was the, the not the standard burqa. I mean, it was covered every single inch down to all you saw was just this. And it was blue, vibrant color, which was unusual because I usually have seen those in black or in a, in a deep gray or something like that. And it was a vibrant blue. And it was a weird sense of duality because she also had gorgeous ornaments on her wrist, bracelets and stuff that were reaching out from it. And I was like, wow. And I was sitting there and I was just in a state of prayer. And I looked over at her and I looked for a moment and I saw in her eyes, absolute beauty and a gorgeous smile present. And I said, good morning. And she responded with good morning. And I said, can I ask you, what is it that you experience in what you're wearing? She says, well, this is a gift. And I'm like, what do you mean this is a gift? She says, as I look upon the earth, I can be taken back or overtaken by all the distractions. But if I give God my eyes and my eyes alone, I have to become more aware and more attentive to what surrounds me. And I'm sitting, I'm almost in tears listening to her because I can see it was not the judgment that all men place upon certain women that are held and imprisoned in this process. This woman was truly free. And it was obvious by the way she was what that there was a great beauty hidden underneath all the veils. But she chose to gift God her eyes to not let the beauty of her physical form be a distractor to others. And she had an appreciation for God's presence within her eyes and what she could gift others. And it was just beautiful to hear that dialogue and we're getting ready to fly off and go off to other places and stuff. And it really shifted me to recognize, okay, well, if this was rested upon me, what would my response be to this type of demand placed upon me. And in her case, it was not a demand. Mm. 
She honestly chose within her. She did not have a husband or a prince to imprison her to this. She chose this as a way to gift herself to God, refined and purified to look upon creation and allow for God, in her words, Allah, to identify how she was to look back upon creation and what she was to do from within her own heart toward creation. I'm like, wow, there was some beautiful wisdom in that. That's a great so story. again, if we can do that God moment, look upon that. And I honestly, I was kind of like outside of myself looking at this going, holy crap, did I just start, did I just invade this? And it wasn't an invasion to her. It was actually a gift for her to share what she really believed. Not because she also stated that she was uncomfortable with the nature of how people had defined her in her belief. Because her belief was not an imprisoned woman. Although I have met other women in Burkers that do feel themselves to be imprisoned. This was a woman that was free in the desire to gift God her eyes in every moment. So we could look upon that as negative imprisonment, uh, oppression, or whatever, because I was sitting within my heart praying for freedom from oppression that I was witnessing. She was not in that spiritual oppression. She'd already been freed from that. She was living this existence with absolute clarity of what she was doing. And then it moved me to be in deeper prayer for those that I could see in that type of garb that were oppressed. I could see in their eyes that they were deeply distressed, hurt, or saddened. So your comment about what this mask has done for 2020, yes, there's a lot of deception in it. Yes, you have to increase your immune system because of what you're exposing to yourself to by wearing the mask. And my hope is that people would wake up and seek God more deeply because then they would be moved to not just hear the mask, 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 mask. They would hear increase immunity, strengthen my body, revive, strengthen, go out, exercise, drop the mask away as I'm walking alone not to be just locked in constantly, allowing yourself oxygen exchange through your bodies, doing the different things because you are not oppressed by this, but you are empowered to bless others with it while standing in front of them, stepping away from them, open and clear yourself to it. Don't become imprisoned by the words, become empowered by what's revealed within it. And that's where we go within grace healing in our walk. Great. I love that story with the lady at the airport and it just shows perspective is everything. So I would suggest for 2021, let's take the God perspective. Let's find the beauty under the veils. I think I love that. Okay. So I'm going to make this my motto going into 2021. I could see you get more and more excited as I was <laughs> Good. Well, I think we're coming to the end of this yeah. broadcast. Uh, so it just leaves me to wish everyone a happy new year. And so does Larry, right? Yes, I do. Happy new year. And remember, please don't get caught on the imprisonment concept of the new year being one day. Yeah. Every single breath presents you an opportunity at a new year. So even if you get to February, March, April, and you discover within yourself that you have not embraced fully the new year, embrace it then. Offer thanksgiving for what was revealed over the last two, three months and move forward in God's grace as you embrace the new year. Every single breath gives you life to engage in a new year. 
Perfect. And please, everyone, if you liked our discussion, if you like our discussions that we have held over the last few years, like the YouTube channel and this YouTube video, share it with others, go to gracehealing.org, our website, or gracehealing.video, the direct link to our YouTube channel and listen to more messages. Yes. Wishing everyone a happy new year. And this is a wrap. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Take care. Yeah. Yeah.